there's very real payoffs that come from this because the results catch up, but you have to be strong enough to, like you said, you have to be courageous enough to hold that space, to give yourself permission to slow down when, Mm. when it's way more comfortable to just react. Hello, my love, and welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. My name is Melissa Martin. I am a business and embodiment coach and creator of the Boldly Courageous community. Just like you, I've walked through some dark seasons in life, and I know what it's like to start over again and write a new story. This podcast is here to activate you, to show you what's possible when you embody your power and walk with courage and fear in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Each week, you will hear authentic conversations with thought leaders and visionaries as we dive deep into topics such as spirituality, business, money, relationships, sexuality, and so much more so that you can fully embody your boldly courageous self. Are you ready? Let's drop in. Hey, real quick before we dive into the episode, I need to let you know about something really, really special to me. So if you're anything like me and you've had this calling on your heart to start a podcast, but you have no idea where to start, I want to introduce you to the incredible team that I have worked with literally from day one of launching Boldly Courageous over at Podcast Co. They have just released a self-paced course called Launch Your Fucking Podcast. This program will literally take you through step-by-step of launching your podcast from start to finish. You will learn everything about how to create and find the foundation and mission of your podcast, how to come up with the perfect name, get super clear on your audience and the structure of your show. Also, you will learn how to record, how to produce, how to edit, and also hosting, music, creating the perfect cover and building a successful launch strategy. Basically by the end of the program, you will have launched a podcast that feels authentic and expansive to you, labeling you as the expert that is ready to impact and grow your audience in whatever phase of life they may be at. So all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, use code boldly courageous at checkout, and you will get a hundred dollars off the launch your fucking podcast course. So now let's jump into the episode. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Bully Courageous podcast. As always, I am so honored that you are here with me today. And my guest today is my good friend, Chris Goodman. Chris and I met in an elite mastermind. Him and his wife, Lindsay, had joined. And his wife and I, Lindsay, actually became great friends. And she ended up being my business coach. And over the past few years, I've just had the opportunity to witness Chris and Lindsay both grow in their businesses individually and experience incredible milestones in their life from getting married, moving to California, then moving back to Tennessee, building their dream home. They're in Tennessee or are they in Kentucky? I think they're in Tennessee (laughs) anyway. Um, and just experiencing a full, full life. And I knew I wanted to have Chris on the podcast because he is one of the most brilliant coaches I have had the pleasure of getting to know. I love the way he thinks. I love his strategy. And he brings, even though he brings such a linear tactical masculine energy to his coaching, he's also has this very just 
thoughtful, inviting, and curious energy as well, which is, I think, rare for a lot of men in the coaching industry. And you're really going to feel that through our conversation. So in this episode, we go into the dynamics of what it looks like to be in a power relationship, a power dynamic. His wife, Lindsay is super alpha, incredibly driven as is Chris. And we really talk a lot about the dynamics of two entrepreneurs living under one household and how they really support and honor each other. We dive deep into the importance of conscious communication and the power of the pause and really being able to look at and examine the thoughts that come up whenever we're making decisions, whether it's with a partner to stay in a relationship, to ask for a raise, to hire a coach, to raise our rates, to leave our network marketing business. We really dive into all of these different categories and it's such a dynamic and beautiful conversation. And then we talk a lot about money and some of the upper limits and some of the big milestones that Chris has experienced from more than doubling his rates to having almost a hundred thousand dollar day to actually firing a client more, more recently. So this is one of those episodes where you're going to want to listen to it a couple times just to get all of the value out of it, because there's so much you might miss by just listening to one. So I know this is going to be one that I will listen back to time and time again. So my guest today is Chris Goodman, and he is a leading life coach for CEOs, business owners, and entrepreneurs across dozens of industry. Chris brings more than 15,000 hours of coaching and training experience to every conversation and has a reputation for asking tough, transformative questions in an approachable way. After quitting law school to chase a greater purpose in life, Chris built a successful real estate business only to discover his passion had literally nothing to do with law or real estate. It was, and still is all about helping people grow in their life and their business. Since founding Goodman coaching back in 2017, Chris has coached some of the most successful names in business and continues to scale his team to help more people live a life of freedom, fulfillment, and results. Chris and his wife, Lindsay Mango, who is also a success coach are expecting their first child, a beautiful baby girl in March. And we talk a lot about that too, in this episode. So without any further ado, let's drop into my conversation with Chris. Chris, I'm so honored to have you here on the podcast. It's been so fun to watch you and Lindsay. I know we were just chatting about this, but, um, you know, we met in a mastermind and you and Lindsay hadn't gotten married yet. And it's been such a beautiful, like witnessing of your relationship and your businesses, you know, everything that you guys have walked through together and now getting ready to step into this new chapter of parenthood, which is the ultimate, like, I feel like that's the ultimate coaching job. So maybe we'll talk about that, but either way, I'm just, I'm honored and grateful to have you here on the podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's been a blast. Uh, it feels like that was a lifetime ago, um, mm -hmm. that we met and it was only what, three, four years ago now, yeah, I think 2019. Um, yeah. It's so strange to me. Yeah. That feels like that was a long time ago and it feels like it was just a few minutes ago at the same time, but yeah, it's been a blast and, and thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited for this conversation. So what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? Uh, a couple things come to mind, uh, decided to be a dad, um, <laughs> doubled my, my rates in my, my one-on-one -on -one coaching practice. And that 
didn't slow business down like I thought it would. <laughs> and uh, let's see. I mean, when how recently do we want to go? Because I would say moving to California and moving back were some of our bigger decisions lately too yeah. that uh, involved Lindsay. Yeah. And even like what you shared five minutes before we got on the podcast. Which, oh, firing a client. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how recent? Maybe 30 seconds Maybe, ago? Th- yeah. Th- 28 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, I want to, I actually want to dive into all of this because one part, you know, one part parenthood, one part, you know, upper limits around money. And then one part boundaries is really what I'm hearing in a lot. And all of that sounds like a lot of aligned decisions. Mm. So you know, you have a partner, you have a wife and you're both coaches. So I would love to know what is that dynamic like in your relationship? Because I would imagine it, there's probably like, do you have boundaries around your conversations? Like, how do you know when you're going from like regular conversation to coaching conversation? Like, what does that look like for you guys? Well, your, your listeners can't see me. I'm, I'm laughing ear to ear <laughs> because, um, the, the short answer is yes. And no, um, <laughs> the, I'll put it this way that it's, it's one of the best blessings we could ask for because we both know how to manage our mind. And when, when I say that, I mean, we know how to think about what's happening in our world with work or in our relationship or in our families. And we, we put it through this filter of, okay, this is what I'm thinking. And before I say something, I'm going to think about that quite a bit, even if it only is a millisecond, I'm going to put it through that, that coach filter, Um, so it makes our relationship, honestly, I'm not just saying this, it makes it easier than pretty much any other relationship I've been around Mm. because we both know how to regulate our Mm. thoughts and our emotions. And we both know how to draw each other out when, when we're in the middle of it. So sometimes there's one of us, I'll let you guess which one doesn't get permission to coach the other. And there's one of us who's got a little more grace and, and, and patience, (laughs) So, so we always, we always tease about this, that if, if anybody were to watch us on a given day, they would see Lindsay, like really working to coach me through something and me sitting there just being like, I'm not asking for coach Lindsay. I'm asking for wife, Lindsay, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so we have that joke and, and both of us do it. I don't mean to throw her under the rug there, but or under the bus there, but we, um, we've got a good balance of knowing when to ask for coaching versus when to ask for our lover. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it can be a fine line sometimes, of course. But like I said, because we both know how to uh, manage what's happening inside of us, it doesn't get to that, that um, combustible point that most relationships get to. Mm. And for context, so for those listening, Lindsay was my, was my coach. So I got to experience the coach side of Lindsay, but we've also become great friends. And mm-hmm. I've seen the wild, crazy, expressive, fun, clumsy side of Lindsay as well, which is so fun. Um, but what I heard you say that I really want to pull out is you, there's a regulation that happens. There's a pause that happens. And I feel like this is the key to conscious communication is being able to recognize, like, I have this feeling, or I have this thought come up, but before it actually comes out of my mouth or before I actually communicate it, there's a pause that happens. And it's almost like you look at it from like a, like an out of body experience of like, well, let me just examine that first. 
right? Where do you think that came from? Did that, is that, do you think that that's something that is learned? Like you've learned through your own experience or is that just a natural like personality trait? Do you think? I think it's a, it's equal part. Well, not equal parts. I think it's unequal parts, nature, nurture, and environment. Um, I learned, or I read Daniel Goleman's emotional intelligence when I was 14 years old. Um, rocky family situation with the divorce and some, you know, family stuff that, that, um, the, I went to like one counseling session with a therapist and I sat down with her and she was like, you're, you're strangely mature for 14 years old. She was like, you have an odd innate understanding of emotions and you regulate your own emotions. And, um, she goes, but I want you to read this book. And she gave me the, the Daniel Goldman. Um, I think it's just called emotional intelligence. It was like originally like the gold standard of, um, explaining what emotional intelligence is and can do in the mid to late nineties. So I think, you know, I remember sitting on a plane traveling with my parents, reading this freaking gold, <laughs> this book, this personal growth book, essentially when I was like, should have been reading, uh, comic books or something, I guess. Uh, so that was, that was kind of the beginning of where I started to, to learn that. And then, you know, fast forward to, I did lots of personal development work in, in high school and in college with retreats that I led um, always growth focused and learning based when it comes to like exploring our humanity and what makes us tick and how to change that and how to influence people and how to, you know, really just improve the world through your own, own control of your mind and your body. So that was just me. And then enter, you know, Lindsay here who constantly seeks out being the best at anything that is in her orbit. Um, I don't know if you saw this the other day, we went to my nephew's birthday party and we're all sitting there having a good time. And the little machine that we're in an arcade and the little basketball thing opens up. So she goes over and picks up the basketball pregnant. She's at this point, eight months pregnant and almost broke the high score. She was within <laughs> eight points of breaking the high score on this game. The first time she tried it. Um, and that's just how she is. She's just, she wants to be the best at everything. So when she got the coaching bug, which is to say she, she hired a life coach, um, it set into motion, this whole awareness of who she is, who she, what she thinks and how that creates every result in her life. And so when the two of us got together, it was just like instant chemistry because I came from this background of really understanding and appreciating what made people do the things they do. Um, and then she was like right in the middle of that, just specifically working at that thought level where I had never really gotten to that, uh, to that level. So I think we both, we, we pick it up in spades just based on who we are, but we've really cranked it up to an entirely different level once we got into coaching as mm. professionals. Wow. And you, you've built this incredible life and it's been really amazing to see both of you at different points in your career up level. Like you went from living a very, uh, we'll say financially, uh, modest, <laughs> modest lifestyle to living in a beautiful home in Manhattan beach, like a block from the ocean. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the process of that, both of your businesses took off incredibly, like you just had incredible success. And then you know, went and built your dream home and now you're about to be parents. And, you know, you just mentioned doubling your rates and, and we'll talk all about that. So the two of you together, I would classify you as like a powerhouse couple. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, what I know about Lindsay and just from what you've shared and, and everything is the, she's an alpha woman. Like she's a natural born leader. She's very driven and very a type. And I know there's a lot of women that listen to this podcast that would classify themselves as alpha. And there's also men that listen to this podcast that would dream of being in a relationship with an alpha woman. So I'm curious from your perspective, how do you date and hold space for a, an alpha woman that wants to lead all the time? Like, what is the dynamic? Because clearly she lets you lead. Like as a man, you lead your household. You are a leader in your own way. You, you, you have different leadership styles, but for the men listening and for the women listening, they want to know, like, how do you, how do you co-create this beautiful life with such a powerful female alpha in your life? Well, I'll, I'll start and answer with a, a visual, like a mental picture. You ever seen on like the Discovery Channel or, or whatever channel has animals on it? When two rams full speed butt heads together, that's that's our relationship sometimes. <laughs> you know, we are both very strong willed and very independent when it comes to what, what we're going to get, what we want kind of thing. Mm. And so it's when when we first started dating, that was actually really refreshing because we, we, we were just so clear, um, both mm -hmm. having done our own work, like internal work, um, before we met each other, we were so clear. We wanted somebody who was driven, who wanted to be in business for themselves. So they had more freedom, um, who wanted to take charge over their life and everything in it. And, and not in a, not in a forceful grinded out, you know, ridiculous over masculine way, just really in a, um, design your life and not accept anything less than that kind of way. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll say like on our worst days, it, it's just two very strong willed people looking at, okay, whose idea is better here and whose idea is going to win. Cause it has nothing to do with us as people, but it's just like, we will challenge the idea to the nth degree. And, and we get in heated uh, coaching conversations all the time. And th the difference though, is because we, we do this for a living, it never slips into any kind of disempowering or negative or name calling territory. Like it never goes there. Yeah. So when it comes to being like, you use the word alpha, like if you want to match the energetics and the passion of an alpha woman, I think you have to be strong enough to weather those storms when she's in one mm -hmm. and know the difference between when to meet it head on yourself with your own alpha energy, or to just give grace, patience, and space to let her experience it, let her come to her own conclusion. Cause that's probably what she wants to do anyway. And honestly, just sometimes back off yet not go too far. Mm, and that's going back to what you said before of like really knowing the difference of like, do you want to be coached right now? Or do you just need me to hold space for you? Yeah. And Most honestly, we'll, we'll do that all the time. I'll, I'll be like, do you just want to bitch right now? Or do you want, you know, and she'll ask me the same thing. You just want to complain right now? Or do you want me to help? Cause I can help you solve this. I'm like, I don't want you to solve anything. I'm just complaining because I'm hot or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good perspective. And yeah, I feel like as women in general, we naturally, we want to fix things and that's just kind of how women are built, but men are built the same way. They always want to, they always have tools. I mean, a man's love language is a toolbox or a fishing box, right? <laughs> I just want to fix things. Right. <laughs> I do think that that temptation is there. I, I know I, I feel myself get pulled in that direction a lot when she brings something up and, um, it, it's just a learning process of, uh, really getting to know your partner and what they're asking for. 
Because a lot of times what they're saying is not what they're asking for. Mm -hmm. That's confusing. To blunt instruments like guys, <laughs> you know, that can be very confusing that when they're complaining about a problem or even like, I don't, it's funny, like we're talking about, you know, how alpha males or alpha females show up. And, you know, I'm thinking about the energetics behind like super masculine men or women or super feminine men or women. And I don't, I, I've never really taken a role purposefully when it comes to that. I just keep searching for what what is the most authentic way I can be me here? Mm -hmm. And if like, I'm Lindsay knows me, I'm never going to, to, you know, be over aggressive, overly aggressive or overly feminine in some situation, just because I think that's, what's better to do. I, in fact, I think because we both do our own work here, we can really be full expressions of ourselves, whatever that energy looks like mm -hmm. and accept that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's about that just knowing yourself. Right. And it kind of go, comes back to everything that you were saying before of like your personality and her personality of you're just growth oriented. And that's even the name, the name of your podcast, relentless growth, which makes sense for everything that you're saying, because it's, it's not a, um, it's not inside of a window. It's a lifetime, a commitment to evolution and growth. And I would, I would assume that in any relationship, new layers of your personality and your desires are revealed to your partner. And it's like, you're constantly dating a new person because you're constantly growing and evolving. I really like the way you said that, that you're constantly dating a new person because it does feel like that. And, and we live kind of on that growth edge. So, so like right now I'm in a launch for a group and I've been, I've done everything that people do in launches. I've been overconfident than underconfident. I've been, you know, supremely sure that this is going to work out today. And then by the end of the day, I'm so exhausted that I think I'm going to burn my business to the ground. And, <laughs> you know, like, like all of those fun things. And, and Lindsay knows when to engage or when to, like, cause we have this rule. It's, I guess it's not really a rule, but we more of a practice, I guess. And we know that we need to get permission. So for anyone who's looking for like actionable advice or tips, this is definitely one I would, I would take home with you that, when you don't get permission to solve somebody's problem, to address the problem, even to call it out, to, to do anything to move them forward, it's like storming someone's castle. Right? Mm. They have not invited you in. They haven't asked you to dinner. You've just thrown grappling hooks over the wall and started to climb your way in there. <laughs> so we have this analogy that we use. We, we say we need to lower the drawbridge, meaning Sometimes you may see that you can solve their problem. If you could just get in that castle, you could just make it all go away. Yeah. So you have to get permission. You have to say, can I help you with this? Mm. Are you open to some feedback? Could I, I mean, if you're a coach, for instance, you could say, can I coach you on this? But somehow getting a, an affirmative sense of permission for them to lower that drawbridge and say, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm going to lower the guard here. It changes the entire dynamic. Mm. And it instantly puts them into a posture of being willing to receive whatever feedback, advice, solution you're going to offer. That's such a beautiful visual. Like I can actually feel the difference in my body of how much of an invitation that is to soften and an invitation for support, you know, and it's not that sometimes I feel like when you're in those moments, like you don't even want to ask for help because you feel like I should be able to figure this out. Or I'm kind of on like no man's Island over here of in just in your head, you know, and, and not even really looking for help or wanting help or feeling like you need help, but because you're just like on a hamster wheel, like you, 
And just that pause for a second can, can just shift your perspective so quickly Mm -hmm. in such a beautiful way. I love that you shared that. Yeah. And you talked about launching. I want to dive into this for a second because there's a lot of network marketers that listen to this and they're constantly launching month to month, right? Or there's coaches that are listening. I mean, I'm launching. We're always, you know, everyone's always launching something, whether it's uh, launching into a new relationship or launching a new business. Yeah. I, there's a lot of parallels. So you talk about launching out of a relationship or launching <laughs> or out of a relationship. Yes. Change, shifting, growing, whatever it is. Right. Um, but you have this idea and then you take action and then maybe you don't get the results that you want right away. So you talked about experiencing the high of the excitement of opening the doors and then like the low of, well, what if this isn't going to work out and the gap in between, you know, start to finish, how do you, how do you navigate through those emotional roller coasters? It's a great question. I mean, it's, we, we, have to practice what we preach, right? So one of the ways that I do it is I I monitor what's happening with my state and the listeners can't see me, but I've got this motion of like, I'm checking my hand up and down my chest. Cause that's where, if I get tense, I feel it there first, you Mm -hmm. know, my, my um, throat gets tight. My heart rate increases. My shoulders start to climb up to my ears. (laughs) You know, my words get very tight and very short. And so I'm, I'm checking in on my state. Like, even if I think it's going okay, but I feel that tension creeping in there. And I, I feel this urge from inside that, that area or that energy to like go out. And this is kind of my move. I'll over act or, or what's the word I'll overcompensate with action. Mm-hmm. So if I feel that happening, I'm like, okay, something's off, mm. right? Something's off. I'm not being myself here. I'm feeling this need to, to do something, be someone else to hit the target. And that's one of the first cues, just kind of being aware of my state. And then because of what I've learned with uh, Lindsay, I'll start looking at what am I thinking specifically? Mm-hmm. What am I thinking? And almost every time I'm focused on the negative, yeah. I'm not going to fill the seats. I'm not going to hit the goal. I'm not usually what kills me the most is I'm not going to help enough people. Mm. And when I start thinking that it creates this whole cascade of like disempowering thoughts that come in behind it. So I'm, I'm definitely, I'll be totally transparent. I don't master this every time I screw this up daily, I would say. (laughs) And it, by continuing to do it, it's how I get better at it. I get more and more reps. And every time I learn something else, and this is all on the personal growth side, on the, the tactical side, we just see it as a constant experiment. Like my assistant was cracking up the other day because for this launch, we actually got our sales page done like three or four weeks before we normally do. It's like unheard of. <laughs> and she was like, wait, you mean it wasn't like, done like 10 minutes before you pressed go? Well, I won't say it was. However, that way, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> At the end of the day, we, we are just like, when you take this approach that you're just growing, you're just figuring this out. There's no reason for you to have mastered this. It does relinquish a lot of that pressure but I'm a high performer. I want to do my best. I want to be my best and I want nothing but the best for my clients. So it naturally invites in this uh, pressure cooker situation whenever I'm in a launch. And yet I'm always learning to slow down. If anything works, it's slowing down and acknowledging what I'm thinking in that given moment Mm -hmm. and learning how to shift that. Um, One of my best coaches I've ever had, his name is Pat Mancuso. He taught me this in real estate. He said, it's not the first thought you have or it's not the first thought that counts. It's mm. the second thought. Mm. So if I think, shit, I'm not going to fill this group or shit, I'm not going to hit the goal or I'm not going to help enough people. I'm allowed to have those thoughts. That's fine. 
It's the immediate one after that, that actually makes the difference. So good. And again, I mean, the common theme in all of this is just the, the awareness of really just like being able to have that, that clear awareness of, of where your thoughts are going. I had this experience this morning and when I want to shift into talking about money for a second, because, you know, you guys have up-leveled a lot financially and made some big financial decisions and even you firing a client and, um, doubling your rates would be a lot of money drama. Right. Mm -hmm. But just having that, like that aha, it's like, it's almost like a domino effect of like, once you see this one thing, it's it, you see how it trickles into so many other areas of your life. And Mm -hmm. I was listening to a training this morning on money and thinking about, uh, recurring payments. Cause I always go back and forth between clients paying in full versus clients, you know, doing installments and there's benefits to both, right? It's, oh, cool. I get all this money up front versus I have consistent month over month revenue, but there's always a risk that someone doesn't pay. And something that I realized was that I, I was really fixated on the idea of recurring revenue, not because I thought it would be fun to have recurring revenue because it felt safe. Like there was like, I didn't have to quote unquote worry next month if my income went down Mm -hmm. and the pause for me was, well, what's, what's the belief behind that? Is there a belief that if I make 50,000 this month, I can't do that again next month. I don't have safety in that. And it really helped me to see where my money mindset was going around recurring revenue and this like this belief of, well, what if big months just get to be the norm? Like what if every month all of my clients paid in full and I had $50,000 months or a hundred thousand dollar months. And that just got to be the norm. Whereas because in the past for me, it would be like a 20 K month, a 30 K month or a 50 K month. And then the next month would be like a thousand dollars or $2,000. So it was these big swings. Right. So so interesting when you can really pause and start to like, say, okay, we're here now okay, like, but now what do I do with this information? So I love it that it wasn't the first thought. It was the second thought that comes up after that. That's such a good nugget. Yeah. And if you want to get there really fast, just, just take a note from Socrates. Just ask yourself, why did I think that? Why? Why (laughs) Why did I think? Right. I mean, it's going to get you there really quickly. Like um, when it comes to, you said pay in full versus uh, MRR, monthly recurring revenue, you know, why would I do each one? And it will peel back the layers immediately of where that thought is actually coming from. Because I, I've been there too, where when I first got started, I charged like, I think it was 1800 a month per client. And I was so excited when I signed that first client, I was like, that's just 1800 bucks out of thin air. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward a few years, I'm like, I, I, I can't, that's, I'm going to lose money at that per hour, you know? <laughs> like, and so you so- have the, just different levels of awareness that you climb your way up through. I love how you said when you were on my podcast that it's like a video game. Mm-hmm. You climb your way up, you know, ask why, get to a new thought, a new level of awareness, and you hit that new level in the video game. You're like, okay, I can make decisions differently. I could take pay in full, for instance. And then you go to the next level and do that and break through that. And then you go, okay, well, why am I doing this? And maybe I actually want to do MRR. Um, and it gives you a whole new sense of power over your outcomes, because by simply investigating where it's coming from, you create an avenue to change it at any time. It's, mm. it's wild. It's hard to get there in the beginning because it's we're not taught this in school. We're not taught. We're not taught this. Period. We're just not taught right. it. 
Right. And there's no, no, um, alternative than just getting in here and doing that kind of work. Yeah. And what do you think about like, you know, I don't know, I don't, you don't strike me as someone who really subscribes to a whole lot of spiritual practices, but you do have, well, you're not like burning Palo Santo and pulling cards and crystals and all that stuff. But I think you believe in the frequency of energy. Maybe you don't, or like the vibration behind things, but you know, we hear a lot in the personal development world. Like if you don't like where you're at, just change it, just move, just think a different thought. But what happens when you think a different thought, but you still don't get the results? Like, then what do you do? Keep at it. Uh, honestly, is the short answer. You know, you, it's like asking yourself to be a master the first time you do something. Mm. Um, I, I don't think it's in a vacuum of just energy or just a thought or um, just cause and effect. I think it is a far more dynamic, like if you want my spiritual answer, my spiritual answer is yes, I'm all of those things. I just don't subscribe solely to anyone because I think it's myopic. Mm -hmm. I think these things are happening like threads of DNA almost, you know, like different strands of things happening at the same time. And you're, you are, you are your own unique energetic signature. So you're going to respond to things differently. Maybe quote thought work is not the thing that actually sets you off into your results faster than let's say spiritual work. Mm -hmm. And who are we to know that until we get in here and start experimenting and start Mm. figuring this out. This brings up such a good point of this, uh, willingness to, to be flexible or be curious of, you know, what works and what doesn't. So I'm curious, was there, was there ever a point in time where you subscribe to one particular way of doing things and you realize, actually, I don't like this and this doesn't work for me. Like, what was that process? I mean, it could be moving to California or, you know, whatever, but like where I, cause the reason I asked this is you know, obviously there's, I'm always curious about things that I'm, I'm navigating through, but a lot of the network marketers that I, that I work with, they get to this point in leadership where, and I think this happens with every entrepreneur. They listen to those that have more quote, I'm using our quotes, credibility, right. Or success. And there's a system and there's a process, you know, of how things need to be done. And while it might not feel good in our body, like this doesn't feel like a yes, because these people are more successful than us, like we do the system and we'll have success, we'll get results. But then we, we realize that this isn't fun or this is exciting. And you kind of reach this point where you're like, okay, where do I go? Like, it's like you pause and you're like, okay, I, I've had success doing all of this and I hate my life and I'm not happy and I don't feel fulfilled, but this got me results. And what I want to do is maybe something different, but I'm afraid that if I do that, I'm not going to have the same results. Have you ever gotten to a point like in your business where you're like, we got to burn the boats and do something different, but what if we lose all of our money? And what if I lose all my clients? I mean, it could be when you raise your rates. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All of the above many times, many times over. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're growth focused, whether it's in results or just personal growth, you're going to encounter those things because you're constantly crashing through new ceilings. Mm. Um, so in, in my past life, I was is in real, I was in real estate. Actually, I'll go back even further. I, I was in the legal field and everything in the legal field is rule bound. Mm. There is black. no gray area. It's just black I'm, and white. Well, this is the maddening thing about the law is there is no gray area and it's all just a little bit gray. 
(laughs) (laughs) Depending on how you spin it. Yeah. And I worked with some of the best lawyers in the country. So I, I got to see in real time how everything had a process, everything had a system, everything was literally procedural. And then there was the substance different than the procedure and the substance you could, you know, change the form of, and you could work with, and you could turn it from gray to black and all these things. And that was kind of maddening to me because I enjoyed the substance part, hated the form and the regulatory part or the procedural regulatory side. So when I got into real estate, it was so refreshing because we we broke open all those rules. There were no rules, right? (laughs) Except there, there was the, there was these things called contracts. Yeah. Those were kind of important. (laughs) And then the procedure that you had to follow to really get great outcomes for your real estate clients. And so even at that point, that was too much regulation for me. And I'll be honest, your question was really more about like, have you ever adhered to a certain system protocol approach and then burned it to the ground? Absolutely. In that world, the reason that I took off and did so well and, and helped our team do really great things was because we followed proven systems, mm-hmm. proven models, and processes that actually created predictable outcomes. Predictable input, predictable output. And it was just like clockwork, we're selling 255 houses a year between just a handful of realtors because we were so systematized. And at a certain point, I got really fucking bored with it. Yeah. You know, and, and it was, it was too regulatory. It was too systematized. It wasn't in, and for me, it wasn't about the real estate anymore. And this is kind of to your question earlier about, um, conscious communication, the more conscious I became about my discomfort, my agitations, my, um, I'm searching for the right word. It's not coming to me, but my, the things that I were not happy about, mm. the more I realized it had nothing to do with real estate. It had nothing to do with procedure. It had everything do, to do with the substance of people and mm. helping empower them get to where I had gone. And what do was the, the impact things. you were making? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. At the end of the day, 100%. And, and that's why I got out of real estate because I didn't want that life, that model, that system anymore. So I get into coaching and there it's a, it's total. I was like, somebody turned off gravity, right? <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no, um, there's no rule. There's no, it's whatever you want. You know, I, I, I pissed off a lot of, um, life coaches I knew at the time because I came out of the gate and hired, I, I still think this way. I hired my first client. I used to say that all the time. My, my first client hired me. Because you know how that is, right? It's a relationship and you're not going to bring somebody in unless you're totally on board. So I always joked that I hired them and uh, they, I don't know, it was something like 1800 a month or whatever. And they're like, how are you doing that? Like everybody else is like 400 a month and, and you're out here. I was like, I've been selling stuff for a long time. I've got the system down, the process down. It's not about that. Now it's about the really, the real game for me, which was, is it a match? Mm. is is like not just energetically that's that's non-negotiable but the goals that they have the impact they want to make in the world the mm-hmm. good they want to do with their business are they out for profit or are they out for impact that's a difference mm. right and and so that that was just liberating to me less rules more freedom sign me up and at the same time you get to a point in business where guess what you need systems when you start to scale, you need models, you need predictable input so that your clients can experience predictable output. So I've gone through this like washer dryer cycle a few times now where it's like too many rules, no rules. Okay. We need some rules, Chris, you got to slow down. Like, (laughs) And at a certain point, 
when you're really playing the game for the long run here, you learn to see this as fun, even when it's exhausting, even when it's excruciating and soul crushing losses coming here and there, or, or like I had my best day ever last week, um, sold almost a hundred thousand dollars of coaching in one day. And the reason I, yeah. And the reason I tell you the number is because that's a whole new evolution for me where, you know, uh, two, three years ago, I would have been like, yeah, I mean, maybe you'll do that in like five years, you know, 10 years, something like that. And the whole point is that you're constantly, when you're growth focused anyway, you're constantly crashing through these ceilings of what you believe you can do or what a certain model says you can do and reinventing that wheel. And that can be fun when you allow yourself to see it as fun. Mm. There's so much that you just shared in that. That's so powerful that I, I really hope that people are getting, and, and it sounds to me like massive permission to follow what feels good. Right. And whether you are a coach or you're in network marketing, or even in a relationship as a parent, whatever, it doesn't really matter. You're co-creating with someone, right? And if their energy and their vision and their outlook on life and their desire doesn't ignite something in you, then it's very transactional. And I would imagine that's kind of what, where you got with real estate, where it just felt kind of transactional. And you were like, but I'm here to make a bigger impact, right? I'm, this just doesn't feel like, and part of that too, I think is energy, right? To get back to some of the more woo-woo spiritual stuff is that you'll meet people and for no apparent reason, you're just like this person, I just, they're very nice, but it's just not a no for me. And, and you you'll meet people that, and you're like, right? yeah, you feel it. And then you'll meet people and you're like, I feel like I've known you my whole life and I just met you and I just want to be around you. I want to calibrate to your energy. And, and, you know, when you're in a transactional business, like real estate or law, you don't really have a lot of control over that. So you're putting yourself in scenarios where like, if you had a quote unquote choice, you would say no. You know, it, it's a really great point that, that you brought up there because I know plenty of really, really happy realtors. I, I don't know any happy lawyers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and th that's not the point. Cause I'm sure there are some out there. I, I was doing some consulting for a client in Philadelphia last year and I kept, I didn't mean to, but I just kept reaching for my experience in real estate and building a team there and everything. Um, and at a certain point, this, this gentleman in the group and this leadership group, he said, he raised his hand modestly in the middle of my sentence and he interrupted me. He just cut me off in the middle of my sentence, which I thought was pretty bold. And uh, he goes, Chris, if you're so good at selling real estate, why'd you quit? <laughs> and, and I started laughing really hard and I was like, Hey, it's a great point. Cause I've been talking about this. Like mm. you know, I was hot shit over here. And then I just went into real estate or into coaching. I said, the truth is the honest to God truth is it mm. wasn't my why. Mm. And as soon as you feel that it's like your whole body is like a transformer and it just flips all these switches and tunes to a different thing. And if we could do that in our relationships in our offices or on our teams, like as soon as you know, somebody's not a fit anymore, if you could just be aware that everything in your body is trying to tell you, this isn't a fit, you're mm. not aligned anymore. Wake up. Right. If we could learn to do that faster, we, we could explode our outcomes exponentially. Mm. And we sit in the suffering for so long because we make, to go back to your earlier point, like we make up all these stories around what that means. But once you actually speak your truth, it's like this sense of, spaciousness and freedom. So let's talk about 
if you're open to it, you know, this, you had a client that you fired and I've never had to fire a client yet. Uh, I hope that I never will, but I'm in, I mean, there'll be a lesson in it. So was it a similar situation where you feel like, was there mindset drama that came up with it first? And then now you have all this space or what was that like for you as, as a, because there's people and, you know, I see this in network marketing kind of the other way around just to provide some context. I work with a lot of leaders that are like, you know, I just don't align with my leader anymore. And I'm afraid to break off. I'm afraid to stand in my own leadership Mm -hmm. or they're in a relationship. Right. And they're like, I just don't feel like our values align. And we, I know for, for me personally, you'll sit in that fear of just speaking your truth. And once you do, it's like your shoulders drop, but we, we will like torture ourselves for years. So what I'm, I think this is really, really valuable. So I want to hear about this. Yeah. Well, I, I apologize if you can hear the fire engine rolling by. Um, <laughs> so this is a hot conversation, Chris. <laughs> and that's right. You brought the heat. Damn it. Um, <laughs> let me let me attack this from a couple angles if I can, because I like how you said afraid to break it off. Mm. Um, I think that's the key. Mm. When you when you slow down, uh, I'm going to bounce around. So just bear with me. Mm-hmm. There's a book called Already Free by Bruce Tift. He has this amazing example in it where he talks about your mind has these thoughts in it. And if you're not careful, we stack these thoughts up really closely like dominoes. And if you're not careful, you flick that first domino over, you know what happens? The rest just fall right behind it. Mm -hmm. So as a coach and a counselor and a psychologist, his job is to get in with somebody and create space between your thoughts such that you can slow down see what's actually happening and prevent this whole cascade Mm. of just reacting. Right. I love this idea as a a metaphor for what we need to do when we feel that we're out of alignment with somebody, they need to go from the team. They need to go from my life. uh, They need to go from my family, even to slow down and acknowledge that you're having that thought. Then what comes after it is either fear or faith you know, lack or abundance. And it's important to note which one it is because your decision will be rooted right there. Mm. So after I got divorced, I dated this beautiful, wonderful, fantastic woman. And at a certain point felt like listeners, you can't see me, but I'm like moving this like gut motion like (laughs) down in my gut felt this wasn't going to work. Not for any real good reason, other than I just knew we weren't aligned. We weren't compatible long-term. We'd had, we'd had a blast for about a year and it was great. We even lived together and it wasn't going to work. Everything after that was either going to be rooted in fear of breaking her heart, fear of being alone forever, fear of her family hating me, whatever, or faith that we would both be just fine, if not better. Mm. Trust that we both deserve to be happy. And why would anyone want to be locked into a relationship where both people aren't supremely happy? So you can see how either way, one path was in lack and one path was in abundance. And just like, I'm sure you do too. I want to lean toward abundance. I want to lean toward freedom and liberation and fun. Right. right? And so I made that, that gut wrenching decision and set us both free. Within a few months, went on a first date with Lindsay, shut the restaurant down. We have the best relationship I could ever possibly imagine. Yeah. So I think you have to look at it from terms um, of where that fear is coming from. Yeah. 
And if that's, if, if that's something that's authentic and real, or you're just scared. Yeah. That's such about, that was really, really powerful. Like I could feel that too. And, and again, it's, it's that common theme of just pausing for a moment and creating space in between your thoughts and your actions It's self, that self-awareness that right there, just that one thing mm-hmm. is such a powerful tool to practice in everything that you do in life, because it really, it gives you that space to really look at and be a little bit more inquisitive as opposed to just continually running on autopilot. You know, for your more tactical oriented or results oriented people, we're not just talking like soft skills, intangibles. Um, I just wrapped up my last group call with a client today. They doubled their profitability and are at 60 from last year and are at 62% of their annual goal. It's February 16th. And they're at 62% of their annual goal by doing this work. That's crazy. And, and so there, there's very real payoffs that come from this because the results catch up. But you have to be strong enough to, like you said, you have to be courageous enough to hold that space, to give yourself permission to slow down mm. when, when it's way more comfortable to just react. Mm. Yeah. It's like a bulldozer. You're just kind of like going through yeah. stuff and you don't really get to see the granular level of what's underneath. So you kind of glossed over it, but I want to anchor this in a a close to a hundred thousand dollar day in your business. Mm -hmm. Right. And this idea of raising your standards, raising your prices, knowing Mm -hmm. your worth, calling Mm -hmm. in wealth. What was that like for you for both experiences? One, raising Mm -hmm. your rates and two, Mm -hmm. calling in. I'm assuming you raised your rates first and then had almost a hundred thousand dollar day. Maybe they didn't happen at the same time, but what was that process for you? And, um, you know, was there any drama that came up for you? Oh yeah. I mean, we could go, we could go for a long time on this. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have two coaches, um, just for myself personally, both as a human, as a husband, as a business owner, as somebody who coaches people. And these two guys, you know, beat up on me every week (laughs) and no, I'm, I'm teasing, but they, they stretch me and they see my potential before I do. And one of them, um, noticed that my rates hadn't changed in, I think five or six months. And I I tend to raise my rates every five or six months anyway, but he's like, you haven't really done much here. Why not? And so we, we start coaching on it. And honestly, my, my whole philosophy that I had at the time was rooted in fear. When we investigate my reasons, we look at my whys behind the scenes and we get down to bedrock. It's I'm afraid someone won't pay it. Mm. I'm afraid I'm not. These are the thoughts that I have. Which so is it's important. Legit. Yeah, exactly. It's important for, for whoever's listening to notice that it's not just me as a person, like saying, I am not worth this money. That's not what it was like in my head. In my head, it was very rational, very logical. I don't know anybody who would pay this rate yet. I've never pitched this rate yet. All these limiting beliefs that were like very reasonable at the time. And um, one of my coaches asked me a great question. He said, well, Chris, you don't have any clients paying this. How many times have you pitched this? Zero. (laughs) Zero. I was like, well, that's a fascinating coincidence. (laughs) So I start doing the work of why would I raise my rates? Now, the truth is I'm one of those coaches who, if I'm breathing, I'm probably learning something. (laughs) So all day long, I am learning how to get a client a breakthrough faster, how to double their revenue, blah, blah, blah. And so I know the values there, but the limitation was more in my belief that the value was there. 
That's what, that's what I had to shift. And once I shifted it, it was game over. So the next enrollment conversation I had, it was a client who had been with me for six months and the rate that they signed up for was more than double my new rate. I'm sorry. My, my new rate was more than double what they signed up for. Originally she goes, okay, well, let's do another six months. And I said, look, I'm just going to tell you, I've doubled rates since you've last signed up. Do you, are you sure? Because if you go to 12 months, we'll just lock this in and everybody wins. And she goes, oh yeah, no, I wasn't thinking about that. Let's do that. That easy. So I have to acknowledge that, you know, I'm at a new level in my video game, mentioning that metaphor from earlier. And there are people who want to go with me on that level. Yes. And there are people who don't, and both have full permission to do that. Mm. Right. The challenge for me is to keep climbing and keep like finding people who want to go there because mm. it's a lot of fun. We get to change the world. She, she raised $150 million in emergency funding for kids in her state because of what she learned in coaching. So yeah, I want to work with people like that. Yes. Right. And, and I want to make them uncomfortable because look what they do when they're uncomfortable. So the, um, I have completely forgotten your question. Great job. <laughs> no, but was, but, and, and I think what's important to, to extrapolate from that too, is you said something in there that was really, really important is that on the one hand, it was the belief, right? And that this is fundamentally what's going to drive the energy behind the call, right? You walked into that call with her with, uh, uh, you've already calibrated to that new level, you know, your worth and your, your, there's a sense of confidence behind that of like, okay, I get this type of result now because that's just who I am. But the other component that you said, which I think is really important to pull out is that you are learning and growing every single day. And I think a lot of people get complacent in, oh, I'm just doing the same thing I've done every day. And there's no desire to grow. Like there's no desire to learn something new. And you actually asked me this question on your podcast, why coaching? And I said, well, selfishly, because in order for me to coach others, I have to coach myself. Mm. And what I'm hearing you say, which is something that again, when it comes to money and we can talk about your hundred K month or hundred K day, that was the, the second part of the question is that a lot of times we come into business. And I remember feeling this in network marketing being like, how can I meet my clients where they're at? What package do I have? That's going to meet them where they're at financially. Like, is it a smaller thing? Is it a smaller payment option? And we're, we have our, our best interests are at heart, right? We genuinely want to help, but what we don't realize is that we're actually perpetuating their lack story around money. And we're yeah. not actually helping we're, we're meeting them where they are, as yeah. opposed to calling them to a higher standard to meet us in Absolutely. our energy. And then we all rise together. Absolutely. I, no, that is so perfectly said because that's the truth. You, you start buying the lies that they're telling themselves, yeah. like they can't afford it. And as soon as you do that, you've robbed yourself of all your power as a coach and you're not worth whatever you are about to ask them to pay. Cause you so, don't believe it either. That's right. That's right. And so there's, there's a, there's a whole lot of, um, almost like balancing going on there where you're looking at their potential. And by the way, for everybody listening, if you, if you hear some of these numbers and you're like, what the fuck does this guy charge? Uh, you know, I'm always looking at one of the first questions in a conversation like this with me is what's it going to take for you to get a three to 10 X 
return on what we're about to invest in each other in coaching. Cause I'm totally investing in them yeah. with my time and my energy and my efforts. So when you come at it from that perspective, yeah, it's not negotiable. We're, we're going to get this return. We're locked into this commitment. We're going to find a way. And if you have reservations about committing at that level or committing at a financially high level, you're probably not going to get outstanding results. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a litmus test for your level of commitment to the process, to being open to coaching and to calling out those vulnerabilities that don't feel good to confront yet are absolutely necessary for you to climb up to the next level. Mm. And every time you step into a conversation like that or an arena like that, you are called, you're invited. The door is open mm-hmm. to a new standard, to a new level in the game. Right. And so this happened for you. You opened yourself up to a new standard and the result was almost a six figure day. Yeah. And honestly, the, the, the most thrilling part of that is, uh, all of that money was from current clients. Mm. What to me, what a testimonial to our team yeah. to have somebody who knows us and who has worked with us go, yeah, let's double down on this. Let's go. Um, so that's the most fun part. It's just don't, don't put so much stock in the money listener who didn't say that out loud. I'm just making that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is more about stretching past where you're comfortable and finding people who want to go there with you because mm. there are people who do. Yeah. It's all relative, right? Like a $10,000 investment for somebody who makes a million dollars a month is not going to stretch them. Yeah. When I hired one of my coaches, um, he, he told me it's $5,000 a month and I about threw up in my mouth (laughs) and I, I said, dude, I, uh, 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 you know, I start doing the whole, like glitching out thing (laughs) and he's like, he's a great coach. So he's like, tell me your thoughts. And I'm like, I'm worried I'm not going to be able to pay you. I'm worried my business won't grow that fast. I'm worried I won't get my money's worth. And he's like, where are all these thoughts coming from? I'm like, fear, lack, doubt. Okay, noted, um, <laughs> you know? And at the end of the day, I've uh, last year, uh, we did 2.5X last year than uh, the year before. So same conversation. If I'm not willing to get uncomfortable at a very high level, what good am I to my coach, to my clients? Yeah. Same in your relationships. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to get uncomfortable, you have no right to ask your partner to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I know that was a hard right. It just kind of came to me. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, it's all, uh, it's, it's all, it all bleeds over. I mean, that's how we started the conversation. We talked about your relationship with Lindsay and your ability to grow together and, you know, the, all the, the, all of the ways in which your life personally, professionally, everything that encompasses, you know, you continually expands when the door is is open, when you decide to walk through, like nobody can make you walk through that door, but you know, it's, um, and I think when you're in this life of coaching, you can't help, you can't not help, but constantly be like, okay, where's the next level? Where's the next level? Like there is no, like, let's chill out. I mean, you enjoy and you celebrate, right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love, I love that you shared that. I cannot believe that we've been talking for an hour. Like, I feel like I were, we did like, this last this time, you know, and I, I'm good. You're, you're the last thing I've got today, but okay. I, I don't, so I don't want to cut you off, but I, I, I do think time passes faster with you than most people I talk with. And I'm we not just have sure great why. conversations. Yeah. yeah. I want to do, uh, I, I think it would be really fun. So I've had Lindsay on the show. 
in the very, when I first launched my podcast and I've had you on and I, and I'm like, I really think I'm going to do like a couple series yeah. where I bring these amazing couples on. And now you have a chance to kind of share. Maybe, maybe not together. while she's like not right now. in the middle of pregnancy brain. Cause that <laughs> I, I interviewed her, I interviewed her, I don't know, probably four days ago. <gasps> And it was tough. It was a little <laughs> tough. <laughs> she, I, I, I'd say that if she was sitting right here, you know, yeah. and we were laughing about it. It was like, I've asked you the same question three times. I need you to answer it. <laughs> you know? what? What's for breakfast? Right. Bring yeah. me a latte. Yeah, <laughs> yeah though. I, I mean, you know, here's the deal. Like, cause I think you're hardwired this way too. Once you find your passions, however, mm. however long they last, you really don't want to stop talking about it and, and playing in that sandbox literally can't. because it's just so much fun. So yeah, we could go all day. But I think that's when, you know, um, number one, you're in integrity because you're preaching the things that you do every single day, right? There's a difference between someone that knows a system and teaches it, but doesn't follow it. And then someone who just embodies their work every single day. And it shows in their relationships and it shows in their friendships and the way that they live their life. Um, you know, but it's like relentless growth. Like it just never it's stops. Like it doesn't it's, stop. Yeah. It's not going to stop. Um, gosh. Yeah. I, I feel like we could talk for, for hours and, um, for those people that want to get into your world, they want to work with you or know more about your products and your offerings and coaching. What's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, let me just preface this with marketing is not my strongest suit in my hand. Um, so if you go to my website, you'll see a couple things. And those couple things are nice and flashy and whatever. <laughs> the truth is, I want to talk with you. So you can go to the website and you can read about me. But if you really want to get into my world, let's have a conversation. Um, so you can go to goodmancoachinginc.com, goodmancoachinginc.com. And if you, if you just want to do the voyeur thing and watch what Lindsay and I are up to, um, you can go on Instagram and just find me at Goodman coaching. Yeah. And there's good stuff on there. There's some really good content on social media. I'm going to say like, you guys are so fun and authentic and, you know, people, I think sometimes wonder, oh, are they, you know, like that in real life or is, you know, is this the highlight reel? And if anything, like Lindsay like sh she's been showing more of like her goofy side and it's yeah. so fun to see like the two of you just enjoying life in this new chapter of stepping into parenthood and you know, all that comes along with it. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's, it's honestly, it's a, it's such a strange phase because we're, we're bringing more experience and, and coaching into it than I feel like 99% of the world can bring into a, a, a parenthood situation. So on the one hand, I feel totally equipped. And on the other, I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> but you know what? That's, that's where the growth happens. That's, that's where the right. magic happens is like the, when the unexpected thing shows up, you're like, okay, we're here now. What do we do? And we, we get a flow chart and we, we hash it out. <laughs> we get the whiteboard yeah. out. Honestly, that's, that's actually, if you want to leave anybody with something that that's why Lindsay and I work so well, because yeah. there is nowhere we won't go in conversation. Mm. Um, literally nowhere we in our wedding vows we had this line from we didn't know it we we both wrote our vows independently of each other and we both used the same quote uh from Rumi that says uh out beyond right doing and wrong doing there's a field i'll meet you there oh. and we didn't 
it chokes me up <laughs> every oh, time. I love that. We didn't know we both put that in there. Um, but the truth is that's why our relationship works because it, we're always willing to get out of right and wrong and talk about what, what's next. What do you want? Mm. What's our best together? That's so beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That was so incredible. And what a beautiful way to kind of tie a bow on all of this. We went from relationships and growth and business and mindset blocks and, you know, all the things. So this was such a beautiful conversation. I don't have ADHD. Um, it might no. sound like it. It's just, <laughs> this was perfect. I, I asked the questions, but, um, okay. Final question. What are you celebrating right now? Oh, wow. Um, mostly that Lindsay and Eva, our unborn daughter are healthy and we have four weeks to go. So like every day that that's true, I'm happy. Yeah. I love that. What a gift. Yeah. Such a gift. How about you? What are you celebrating? I am celebrating commitment to shifting some paradigms in my life that are old paradigms that just have not shifted. And I think it's um, kind of going back to what we were saying before about being in integrity. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, you know, when it comes to prayer or meditation or whatever it is that you want, you can ask for it over and over and over again. But when you're not actually committed to becoming that person, relentlessly day in and day out and you wobble, you get wobbly results. And, um, you know, integrity is who you are when no one's watching. Right. And it's, so it's like, okay, am I going to commit to my bedtime routine or am I going to binge on Netflix? Am I going to commit to getting up and doing the journaling and the reading, or am I going to let that slip and I'm going to scroll Instagram. And it's like, there's nobody there to really enforce that other than the results that you get. And so for me, what I'm celebrating is a radical like commitment to changing behaviors and um, really, really, really just being the woman that calls in everything I'm asking for without any, like I'm, I'm removing all of the barriers to everything I desire. So I guess that's what I'm celebrating. There's a, a quote from Justice Brandeis, and he said, sunshine is the best disinfectant. Mm. And I, I use this almost every day in either coaching or business coaching, because on the life coaching side, if you want to change something like you just mentioned, get some sunshine, get some people who are watching you or something to answer to where you've got to be transparent. I think of a friend in our market here who's a, one of the top real estate agents, and he committed to posting every day that he was working out. So every morning I'm looking for that post or that, that uh, story on his Instagram. And if it's not there, I'm texting him. I'm like, Hey man, I don't even have a dog in this fight. You committed to this. Let's go. <laughs> you know, exactly. And you know, that, that transparency really can be transformative yeah. until you become that person. And then it's just who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking me that. Yeah. Calling me, calling me forward on my celebrations too. So yeah, it's been, um, the, I mean, it's the greatest journey of, of our lifetime, right. Is this relentless growth. So that's the best way to put it. It's a commitment and an obsession almost to it. You know, and it doesn't have to be so tough. Um, cause most of the time I've found it's more like an unlearning. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that's a subtle shift. The unlearning is 
can be the mo- even more difficult than learning something new because there's hardwired patterns in this unlearning process of kind of like what we were sharing before of like, well, everything I've done up to this point has given me results, but I don't like the way I've done it. So now I have to learn a new way and trust that I'll still get the results. Um, and that can be really, really hard, um, especially in relationships or with money or with anything, really, it's like everything I've ever done has been wired this way. And so having patience and grace with yourself and doing the inner work and creating, um, rituals that help you feel safe and secure that like, no matter what I've got myself, you know, is the, is the key. And it helps to have people in your life that speak the same language as you or coaches that hold you accountable, you know, to that new standard. Yeah. I, I think it's, once you get that bug, it's non-negotiable that you keep yeah. those people in your life, right? Because you yeah. just feel stranded without them. Yes, yes. And and this is why we hire coaches and this is why we <laughs> masterminds, right? Because sometimes right. you don't have those people in your life. You're like, okay, like yeah. I need to, I need someone to be calling me on the phone being like, why didn't you post your workout today? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, Chris, I am celebrating you and all of the incredible, amazing milestones that you've hit and ones you've yet yet to come. And this new, this new role of dad, of coach, coach, dad, thank you. <laughs> coach, dad, yeah. <laughs> coach, dad. And, and just, um, I can't wait to hear the coaching relationship between you and Lindsay through the birth process, because that's going to be a really beautiful, interesting, yeah, like, I'm I, like, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's either going to be the most beautiful thing or like, Really we funny. should sell tickets as well. I I'm think hearing. you should because like <laughs> Lindsay is Lindsay's such a powerhouse. I mean, Eva will probably be here and like Lindsay will probably have her water break and Eva will be here in like 20 minutes because I know like, that's right, actually one of my greatest fears right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm holding space for you guys and sending all the all the healthy vibes that you know she gets here safely and quickly. Uh, with no, with no hiccups. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited for you guys. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys love this episode, please give Chris a follow on Instagram and it's always super fun to see your takeaways. So um, screenshot the episode, tag him, tag us, let us know what your biggest takeaway was so we can celebrate you. And until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.